0: Welcome to Body Peace Collective. If you are feeling tired and worn down from the constant pressure to shrink, grow, tone, manipulate, or alter your body in any way, then I am so glad you are here. I'm Erin Palmer. I'm an exercise scientist, fitness instructor, mother, and a total sucker for good food. And I created Body Peace Collective to be a place for you to come and gain perspective and learn powerful tools to help you establish a healthy, respectful relationship with your body so that you can put your valuable energy into things that truly matter. You don't have to waste a single minute more trying to make your body be what you think everyone else wants it to be. You can get started on your journey to body peace right now. Welcome, welcome. This is episode number 12, and today we're going to be talking about exercise, or as I like to call it, joyful movement. We're going to talk about how movement is such an important part as we work to gain a healthier relationship with our body. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my experience with movement and a time that I really, really struggled to make exercise a healthy part of my life. And I'm going to lay out some tools for you, some things that you can do starting right now to help you improve your relationship with exercise and thus improve your relationship with your body. But before we jump in, I just want to say you guys, I try to be consistent with this podcast. Um but this is a passion project, so I can't make any promises. Um my goal is to release a new podcast each Tuesday and we had a little break for a while, and I'm ready to jump back in. But I wanna ask you to please take a quick second to subscribe so that you don't miss a single new episode. Remember, I said this at the very beginning, this podcast is not ever going to have any sort of advertisements. I'm not, I'm not doing this to make money in any way. So sincerely, I'm asking you to subscribe just so that you'll be aware when new podcasts are released. Also, I just wanna thank you so much Um, for sharing this podcast. I was looking at the um, demographics of people who are listening and, and we have people all over the country and even some internationally who have been listening to this podcast. So thank you. It means so much to me that you value what I'm putting out into the universe. But I also want you to know that sharing this podcast with others helps you to create your own little network of women that are working to change their ideas about their bodies, And that little network can be so powerful for you. So please don't be afraid to share. Keep sharing. Keep finding your women who are ready to engage in this journey of ditching diets and making peace with their bodies, with you. The more the merrier, but literally. (laughs) So like I said, today we're going to be talking about exercise or joyful movement. And I wanted to start by just having you think for a minute. What is your personal relationship with exercise? Do you love it? Do you look forward to it each day with anticipation? Have you you been able to establish a consistent habit of exercise in your life? Or does the very thought of exercise bring a pit to your stomach and a sense of dread? Or do you, even worse, do you feel guilt or shame? Maybe because you feel like your body doesn't quote unquote look like the right exercise body that should be at the gym? Or do you look at exercise as a means of improving your health and adding value and, um, and longevity to your life? Or is exercise a means of altering, shrinking, toning your body, or even making up for the meal you ate the night before? How you view exercise, how you think about exercise is going to play, it, it's it's going to determine everything about your relationship with exercise. If you look at it as a source of punishment, as a source of controlling your body, um, then exercise is going to be a chore. It's going to be something you're going to have to constantly drag yourself out of bed to make happen. However, if you look at exercise as a celebration of life as a celebration of movement as an opportunity to connect and be present in your body for just 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 60 minutes a day then exercise is an opportunity it's it's a privilege studies have shown for so many years i mean no one no one will argue this fact exercise is a critical component of health but it's also a critical component of finding peace with your body. Exercise and movement is a powerful tool to help you practice presence, right? When you are on that bike and your legs are burning, there's nothing that is bringing you more to the present, right? Than those, than those sensations in your body, right? It allows us to connect in a very real way with the humanness of our body, to feel in our body, A lot of people also feel like exercise helps them to process emotions. It brings emotions to the surface. Exercise is also powerful for rewiring our brains. And it helps to improve so many other health markers. We'll talk about those a little bit later. The problem is, is that exercise has been coupled with dieting for so long. And because Exercise has been coupled with dieting. We look at exercise instead as a way of managing our bodies, right? Changing our bodies and altering our bodies. And so if if you feel like that's been something that has been a part of your life, I want to invite you to look at movement in a whole new way. As I mentioned at the beginning, I, I have always grown up um, loving sports. I loved the team aspect. I loved moving my body. My parents have both been very consistently active throughout the entirety of my life. And so I've always had that example of physical activity. Um, and in when I started college, I started going to a step aerobics class and it was taught by this teacher. Her name was Lacey and she just made everything so fun. Like I was terrible at first, but as I got better at this class, I came to enjoy it more and more. And I looked forward to, it. I loved that class. But around that time is also when I started realizing that my body was changing and I became more aware of diets and, um, and just kind of the box that I was supposed to fit into as a female, right? The, the as far as what I was supposed to look like and, So that was kind of where exercise began to be a little bit convoluted for me with regards to exercise and dieting. And fast forward several years, I discovered intuitive eating. And it changed my life. I've said that so many times. It changed my life. Intuitive eating changed my life. And as I began to put in the work to change my relationship with food, that slowly trickled kind of naturally into changing my relationship with my body. But it just so happened that as I was adopting these principles of intuitive eating, my body's natural set point um, made my body smaller. As a result result of learning how to be more intuitive, it just so happened that what I had been doing to my body, the intense dieting and restricting and over-exercising, was causing my body actually to be bigger than it was naturally designed to be. So as I adopted these principles, my body naturally got smaller. Now, that's not the case for every person, but that was my experience. And so as my body got smaller, I um, I started teaching fitness classes. and I, And I loved it. I loved teaching fitness classes. It was one, it's something I looked forward to every week. I taught multiple times a week and it was just a way to move my body and to meet women in my community and to motivate others. And I just found so much purpose in it. Well, after teaching for several years, um, I had my second baby. And as I've mentioned in a past podcast, um, she did a number on my body. (laughs) And during delivery, Um, during her delivery, she tore some really critical ligaments within my hips, uh, my hip, my, my hip girdle. Anyways, my pelvic girdle, she tore some really, really important ligaments. And so when I started trying to reintegrate exercise into my life, after I had her, I ran into all sorts of major problems. And, um, I felt discouraged, obviously, because I had been used to – at that point, I had been used to moving my body frequently, and I found a lot of joy in it. But what I didn't realize was that while my relationship with food had improved, my relationship with exercise was still rooted in diet culture. And I didn't realize – I mean, that was seriously four, five years after I had discovered intuitive eating – Um, But it wasn't until I couldn't exercise anymore and my body began to change as a natural result of not moving as often um, and also of having a child and nursing and all of those things, it was just kind of this perfect storm. And as I worked, did physical therapy and worked to get my body back to a place where I could teach, I all of a sudden felt a lot of shame. I couldn't fit into my exercise clothes that I had worn previously and I started telling myself all sorts of messages about how maybe I wasn't a good instructor or how people were going to come to my class and they were going to see my body and they were going to decide that I wasn't a good instructor, even though I know, I feel very confident in my ability to give you an incredible class. But I worried that people would judge the shape of my body and determine whether or not my class was worth their, the, an hour of their day if that makes sense. And that started to really, really eat at me. And it really started to, um, but it also made me realize that my, while my relationship with food was really healthy, my relationship with exercise was not. And so I quit. I literally just decided I am not going to exercise anymore until I get to a point where exercise is something that is joyful to me. Exercise is, I want exercise to be a celebration of, of movement, of my ability to move, of my, my, that I'm living. And so I literally did, I quit and it took a year. I didn't plan for it to take a year, Um, but that is how long it took for me to get back to a point where exercise was no longer rooted in diet culture in any way. And so, I wanted to walk you through some of the steps that I took, some of the things, and these are steps that I have helped use with other women to help them establish a healthy relationship with exercise. Um, but these are all, these seven steps are things that you can do that you can implement right now to help you improve your relationship with exercise and thus your relationship with your body. All right, principle number one is that you need to be making sure that you are getting enough food. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. I thought we were talking about exercise. Listen up. Oftentimes when we have a negative, consistent negative experiences with exercise, it's because we are not getting enough fuel. Okay. If you are underfed Exercise is going to get consistently harder over time. And I'm not just talking about within each exercise session. It will get harder within each session. But also over time, your body will be unable to perform exercise at a consistent rate if you are underfed. And that makes total sense, right? What's interesting, though, is that we often blame ourselves and say we just don't have the willpower to be consistent with exercise. Which is crazy. It's literally crazy, because that's like saying that you have the, that willpower enough would be able to make a car without gas run. right? If, you're, if your body is underfed, if you are not giving your body enough calories, exercise will be exhausting, and it will not be sustainable over time. So you need to make sure that you are getting enough food. First and foremost. Okay, principle number 2 is experiment. Try lots of new kinds of exercise. I think a long time ago they decided that running was the most effective calorie burning exercise without equipment or something like that. And so everyone kind of thinks like if I'm going to exercise I have to be a runner. And sometimes people hate running. It's miserable. But they get them outside themselves outside and they drag themselves around the neighborhood running because it's what you're quote unquote supposed to do. I want you to think outside the box. Exercise has been pushed put into this box in that you need to be wearing these types of clothes, you need to be sweating this much, you need to have eat this before and this after. And it needs to be these specific types of movements. And that is not true. Exercise can be rock climbing, Zumba. Anything in the water, swimming laps, martial arts, weightlifting, walking, hiking, mountain biking, dancing in your kitchen, yoga, Pilates, hit classes, stand-up paddleboarding, swimming. I think I already said that one, um, but pickleball, racquetball, badminton, volleyball, frisbee golf, rollerblading. Like there are so many ways to move your body. So experiment and find ways that bring you joy. And I think it's important to realize too that that if you that sometimes you may try something and you might hate it. For example, the first time you rollerblade, you might be like, that was the worst. I was all over the place. Right? Give yourself one more chance. So when you try something new, I wanna invite you to try it at least two or three times and then if you still hate it you can say yeah knocking that off my list that's not a joyful form of movement for me but sometimes just the initial introduction is a little bit uncomfortable so but don't rule it out don't rule it out just because it's uncomfortable then instead pay attention to how you feel as you get better at that activity you know or as you become more comfortable and more familiar with that activity how do you feel when you're done That's how you can know whether or not that's a good activity, a good source of movement for you. But don't use calories or heart rate or anything else to measure whether or not that type of activity is a good source of exercise for your body. Okay, Just move. In fact, a study study was done – hold on, let me get my notes so I make sure I don't tell you anything false. Um, A study was done, and they looked at 43 different studies – And they concluded that simply moving for 30 minutes over the course of most days of the week could reduce the risk of heart disease by half. Simply moving, meaning like walking up and down the street at a basic average pace, not even speed walking, right? Just moving, simply moving. And what's even crazier is that those 30 minutes didn't have to be consecutive. They could be broken up in smaller chunks throughout the day. So, so, Change your picture of what exercise looks like, right? And just find ways to move your body. Experiment. Figure out what it is that you like. Principle number three is start slow. And I mean so slow. If you are currently not exercising right now, that's okay. But you're going to want to start out really slow. And what I mean by that is try 15 minutes three days a week. And if that feels too overwhelming, try 15 minutes one day a week. And then slowly move up. Slowly add more movement into your day. When I – someone who taught me this principle actually in a really powerful way was in high school. And I always hated it because I wouldn't um, run or condition during the summer. And then we would start basketball season in the fall. And I think I threw up almost every time like the first workout or so of each season because I was not conditioned to be doing sprints and ladders and all of these things that we were required to do. And so I had decided in my brain that I hated running. And I remember I was at a camp for girls and my leader, my camp leader, was talking about how much she loved running. And she would wake up every morning early to go run (laughs) through the woods. And she just talked about how it was like the way she talked about it sounded so romantic and beautiful. And I thought, I really want to love running, but I think you're lying to me. Anyway, so I was talking to her about it and she said, I'm Erin, I'm going to teach you how to run. And she's like, come with me. Like the next morning, come with me and we're going to run. And I was so nervous, but we did. We started and we started so slow, like people could have walked past us. <laughs> we were going so slow. And um, she kept telling me like, slow down, slow down. Like as, as my momentum would naturally pick up, she would say, slow down, slow down. And it was really interesting because I finished that run and I actually felt really good. And so the next morning she's like, let's go again. And guess what? We still went really, really, really slow. But it was, it was this really slow introduction to running and each of those running experiences ended positively. And so it logged in my brain, hey, I like that. I like doing this. And now I love running. But I'm smart enough to know that I'm not going to go run a mile after having not run for several months. I'm I'm going to slowly, slowly, slowly build up and slowly build into it. And oftentimes, especially when we're dieting and when we couple – exercise with dieting, right? We start this crazy diet, and then we write out this awesome exercise plan, and we we map out everything we're going to do, and we start too hard too fast. And so we're sore. A lot of times we get injured. It's uncomfortable. And so no wonder our body's saying, you don't want to exercise, right? It's, that's That shouldn't be surprising if we've created exercise to be a negative experience. So – that's what principle number three is. Start slow. And I don't mean just I don't I mean start slow in your frequency, but also start slow in your weight. If you're if you're doing a weight training class, don't be afraid to lift really light, regardless of what others around you are lifting. Don't be afraid to run slower or swim slower or walk slower. Just move and just get started. Principle number four is come to know yourself. When you exercise, do you need a friend or is exercise a source of your alone time? Right? Is, do you like to exercise outside or inside? Are there any physical restrictions that you need to be aware of in your own body? Do you need an instructor or do you like to pace yourself? Asking yourself these these kinds of questions helps you to get a better idea of what type of exercise works for you. Like, for example, I will do anything if it's with my friends. Not anything. I mean, I have morals, but I'm just saying, (laughs) like, I will do any kind of exercise, even if I don't love it, if it's with my friends. I like to have – exercise is my social time and I like to be with other people when I exercise. I like to have an instructor. Even though I am an exercise scientist and I've been an instructor since 2007, I still hate working out at home by myself. I cannot make myself do it. But if I get a friend, you better believe I'll do anything. So come come to find out what is it that helps you stay consistent with your movement. Do you need a friend? Do you need... Yeah. Do you need a babysitter so that you can have alone time, right? Do you like outside or inside? Just consider those questions and find what you love. Principle number five, pay attention to how you feel during the day and throughout the week. Joyful movement should enhance your life in every way. It should not be your life. You shouldn't be canceling things, you know, canceling family events in order to be able to exercise. It, it should be something that is flexible, that you're able to, um, yeah, to use it to make the rest of your life better. But there are lots of questions that you can ask yourself about how you feel. You know, do you, do you have better energy? Are you sleeping better? Do you feel more of a sense of empowerment when you exercise? More of like this feeling of like, I can do it. Is, is exercise motivating? Does it inspire you to do other things in your life, to get going? Do you feel more alert? Um, does, does, if you exercise early in the morning, is that something that wakes you up or does it make you feel more groggy? Are you able to handle stress better? Pay attention to questions like this and that will help you know whether your exercise is working for you or against you. But that's the key, is, is paying attention to how you feel during your exercise, but also after, immediately after, and then much later. I've learned that for me, I can only do three intense workouts each week. If I do more than that, I start to feel drained. Exercise starts to take from me. Even though I enjoy doing those types of exercise, um, physically my body, it's, it just doesn't work for me. So I've learned that I need to kind of mix it up. Um, I've also learned that exercising in the morning is the best for me. That gets my day started. It gets me going. Um, it's energizing to me. When I exercise late at night, I can't fall asleep because my body's kind of buzzing. But one of my favorite things to do, and I want to invite you to do it also, is when you're done exercising, take just a minute to sit in your car and place your hand, your left hand on your belly and your right hand on your heart. And just breathe and feel your heart beating and feel your belly rise and fall as you breathe. And just feel those endorphins from exercise just flooding through your body. That's such an energizing, beautiful feeling. It's a, it's a way that I like to connect every day with myself. And I find that after exercise is typically the best time and the most powerful time for me to do that. Principle number six, listen to your body. Um, A lot of times you will not feel like exercising when you first know that you should, quote unquote should. Um, For example, say that you have committed to a friend that you're going to meet her for a walk or maybe a jog and your alarm goes off and you're feeling groggy and tired. And it's really easy sometimes to just be like, yeah, this isn't going to happen this morning. But what I want to challenge you is there's a difference between your body not actually having the energy to work out and then your mind telling your body that it doesn't have the energy to work out. And so one way that I like to kind of test that out is I just commit to myself that when I've set aside time for exercise, I'm going to show up and I'm going to move for 10 minutes and that's it. I'm only going to move for 10, and then I'm going to pay attention to how I feel at that 10 minutes because if my body truly is not ready for exercise, if it truly is tired, after those 10 minutes, I'm not feeling any better than I was before. However, I most often find that once I get moving for 10 minutes, then my body says, oh, wait, we like this. Yeah, we're good. We're feeling good. We're okay. We're all right. And then I usually end up finishing the workout. But there have been times where I have exercised for those 10 minutes. And at the end, at the end of the 10 minutes, I felt like, no, I'm still wiped out. And sometimes that has to do with um, your sleep, the quality of your sleep, the amount of sleep. It also sometimes has to do with your cycle, your hormonal cycle. And sometimes there are For women especially who are especially sensitive to their hormones rising and dropping in their menstrual cycle, there may be days of the week where you just feel wiped out. That's okay. Honor your body and give your body rest. There are times where you will be invited to push harder, and that will feel so good. You'll get such a huge rush and a sense of accomplishment. And there will be times also where you will be invited by your body to pull back. Right and to rest. So honor those times. Honor those times of pushing forward and those times of pulling back. Principle number seven and the last principle of this episode is throughout your journey of coming to discover movement that you love, please, please practice self-compassion and fight self-objectification. What I mean by that is that you're going to miss days and some days you're going to misread your body and what your body what she's trying to tell you and that's okay. It's a journey. It's about learning how to figure it out. Also, I think that so many times we excuse ourselves, right? We or we we say kind of like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, like we don't have the body type to be in a gym right now or to be doing this type of activity. Or I can't do ballet bar if I weigh this much, you know. That that's, those are just silly examples, but they're they're real examples. Um, I think women feel this all the time, and so I think it's so important that that is self objectification, right? That is that is deciding that you are an object that is not worthy of a certain activity or a certain movement purely because of your size. And please fight against that. In fact, I think that oftentimes when we tell ourselves like I when we may be too embarrassed to go to the gym or maybe maybe even exercise brings up brings to the surface thoughts that we have about our bodies that are uncomfortable to recognize. You know, thoughts of maybe not measuring up or not not meeting the beauty standards that the world has created for us or Sometimes as those emotions and those thoughts are brought to the surface, we do feel uncomfortable. But that's why exercise can be so powerful because we have two choices. We can either run from those feelings and those experiences and those thoughts, or we can lean into them, right? We can show up even in our imperfectness, whether it is, Um, in our minds or not, right? We can show up and it's an opportunity to practice self-compassion, right? It's an opportunity. It's an actual tangible chance to practice being kind to our bodies. When I trained at a, a fancy gym, the workout was predetermined, right? It's small groups of people came in and the workout was already designed for you And everyone was kind of competing with each other. And there was this one woman (laughs) that would always come in and for a certain portion of the workout, she would just do her own like yoga, stretching, dancing movements at her station. And at first as a trainer, I felt a little bit awkward, you know, because it was my job to make sure that people were doing things correctly and that they were following this prescribed workout that was supposed to give them all these promised benefits. And, um, I kind of didn't know what to do, but as I let her just do her thing, I actually really started to admire her because you could tell she did not care or was not aware of what anyone was thinking about her. She was purely present in her own body. She was moving exactly how it felt good. And yeah, I I came to really, really respect her for that and realize that that is ultimately the purpose of movement, right? It's an opportunity for us to be present, to connect with our bodies. And there's a lot of awesome, awesome benefits that come from movement and when when we focus on movement as being a source of weight loss or of changing our body it's easy to become discouraged and to quit moving because we're not seeing what it is that we think we should see as a result of exercise and we often because what we're looking for is changes in our in our weight or in our body composition we ignore several other benefits that come from exercise. And I wanted to list some of those off for you because I want you to be aware of them. I want you to be looking for them and to use them as a more healthy marker of whether or not exercise or movement is beneficial for you. One is increased bone strength, increased stress tolerance, decreased blood pressure, Reduce risk for chronic diseases, including heart disease, diabetes, osteoporosis, hypertension, that's blood pressure, and some types of cancers. Exercise also increases the HDL, or the good cholesterol in our blood, and it decreases our total cholesterol. When we exercise and when we move, we have increased heart and lung strength. We are, our metabolism in, is increased, and that helps us to maintain our lean body mass, so our muscle mass, and it also revs up energy energy production in our cells. Do you know what that means? If your cells are making more energy, you have more energy. Exercise is literally an energy producing um, opportunity. <laughs> okay. Other other benefits of exercise are reduced risk for stroke. Um, you have improved cues and appetite regulation with regards to food. You're more connected to your body, so you have a better idea of what you need and what you don't. Exercise is also associated with improved mood, improved learning and memory, and it also prevents, exercise also prevents or delays cognitive decline um, associated with aging. So essentially, it helps With our, It helps literally with our memory and our mental capacity, which can decrease over time as we age. There are so many more benefits to exercise than just changing the shape of our bodies. And so I want to invite you, as you um, introduce these seven principles into your movement or into your relationship with movement, I hope that you'll also focus on the benefits, the good things that are coming into your life as a result of movement. Movement is powerful. Movement connects us to ourselves. Movement makes us more intentional and more aware of our own needs. And that that plays a huge role. That flows into so many other areas of your life. So thank you so much for joining me today as we've talked about how movement um, can be a a powerful resource as we seek to improve our relationship with our bodies. I have a really exciting project that I've been working on actually for a while I kind of talked about it several months ago um, it's it's a free it's a, it's a free opportunity for you if it's something you want to be involved in I'll be talking about it a little bit more at the end of our podcast next week so keep your ears open for that um, I just need to get a few more things in line before before we launch it but so excited um, for that. If, if you're looking for another opportunity to dive deeper into the principles of intuitive eating, um, this opportunity would be an awesome opportunity for you. So like I said, it's free. Um, it will be free. Um, it's just an opportunity for you to get to get maybe more questions asked and to get more involved in these principles to see if if intuitive eating is the right fit for you. So thank you again for being here. I look forward to talking with you next week.